Jesus, for the opportunity, Lord, to sing to you, to praise you, Lord. And I'd like to ask, Lord, if you'd be kind enough, Lord, to bless the tithes, the offerings, for all the things, Lord, that uh, is required, Lord, to continue pushing your name forward, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the health and the protection that you provide us too, Lord. And now, Lord, too, we ask you for the word. Help us to receive your word, Lord, with understanding, with wisdom, knowing and understanding that it's a treasure that's been sent from above and given to our brother Gabriel in this case, Lord, to distribute to us, Lord, and help us to receive it with that joy and with that understanding. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Gabriel to pass on up. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone this morning, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. Dios bendiga a todos, hermanos. Se pueden sentar esta mañana. God bless the group uh, this morning. Good to be home. Good to be back. Seeing everyone, hearing the good news about Sister Ruby and Mano Carlos. Seeing Philippe and Sebastian. Hello, Sebastian. I haven't had a chance to formally meet you yet, but looking forward to... Amen. Uh, so we know that God created this day, a special day for us um, to, first of all, be able to be in his presence and just appreciate uh, him for his goodness. Primeramente, hermanos, para darle gloria, para agradecer nuestras vidas que nos has dado el Señor. Es otro día para estar en su presencia. Amen. Para aprender algo de nosotros. Um, so, uh, I, like I mentioned before, just came back from uh, Las Vegas. Uh, and um, uh, this, this message that had been inspired before Las Vegas, but uh, there was actually another message that God had given me uh, when I was there. Uh, and there's, when, when, you, when you have... Uh, a fish tank. Uh, anybody ever had a fish tank before? Small one, little goldfish, don't matter what it is. Cuando tienes un, ¿cómo se dice un fish tank? ¿Pesqué? ¿Pesquera? Pesera. Cuando tienes un pesera de los pescados, cuando agarras nuevos pescados, no nomás los dejas que entran la agua, pones el bolsa arriba. Porque el clima del agua uh, se necesita ajustar. Uh, when, you, when you get new fish and you put it in a fish tank, you don't just get the fish and open up the bag and put them in there. It's a good way of killing your fish because the temperatures are different, the water is different. But what they tell you to do is they tell you to acclimate the fish. They tell you to, you know, just leave the bag on top, let the fish, and then it also lets the other fish get used to it. Um, well, when I was in Las Vegas, I started kind of thinking about how people get acclimated to environments, how people get used to what they see, uh, and until you visit there and you see uh, how, how sin uh, is just accepted everywhere, everywhere, everywhere that you go to, there's postings, there's, it's, 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 uh, it's a horrible place to imagine raising a family. Uh, it truly is, and there's a lot of uh, ministries that are there trying to help outside of the city, but um, there is a lot of, um, I don't want to say corruption, because, well, there is corruption there too, but there's a lot of sin there, and why I don't want to say it's corruption only is because corruption is defined 
as uh, um, something that you experience with somebody with power, somebody with power overtaking or taking advantage of a situation. Uh, so, and that ha- does happen a lot there uh, in Las Vegas. And I'm grateful that God brought me back safely and I found everybody safely. And, uh, and I'm just glad to be back, brothers and sisters. God bless the classes uh, this morning. Um, all the classes, the, the youth and the kids classes. Sing todos los clases esta mañana, hermanos. So as I mentioned before, this message uh, I had uh, I had before uh, the previous one, which was the origin of authority, uh, and I was going to bring this before this, but you know God told me, hey, take a break. Uh, don't you don't have to uh, beat on the rock so much uh, consistently. So uh, I, I held this one and added a, a few things to it, but. Um, if we turn to Psalms 53.1, si voltamos, hermanos, para Salmos um, 53.1, it says here, David says, that the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, dice aquí David, um, dijo el necio en su corazón, no hay Dios. Uh, corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity there is none that doeth good no hay dios is that right so we see david here we see some stuff in today's society. Estamos viendo cosas en, en nuestras vidas hoy, hermanos. Y eran cosas que David también vio en su día. We're seeing things today that David saw also back in his time. And one of the, one of the things is here is people not believing. People not believing in a creator. People not believing in God. Uh, and, and so this, is, this was common this was common even in David's time. This was common before David. Esa era común, hermanos, que gente no creían que iba un... ¿Iba? No, es iba, no. ¿Era? ¿Cómo? Iba un Dios. ¿Es iba un Dios? Era un Dios. Que hay un Dios. Y, y no creían que... que por, porque la gente no entendían... Uh, la palabra de Dios no entendían no podían uh, no, no tenían sabiduría en la palabra de Dios no estaban prendiendo no estaban uh, enseñando sus hijos en creer en esto so there was a disconnect in, in, in God in David's time too now there's a disconnect going on today in society and more and more people are, are doubting or not believing and when you don't believe in God, you give room to other things to come into your life. And these other things that come into your life start to corrupt you and start to pull you away from God's plan, perfect plan. Cuando no estás creyendo en el Señor, uh, o crees que hay un Dios, hay otras cosas que, que vienen en tu vida, que pueden entrar en tu vida. No, 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 no. 
no lo miras, no es un espanto, no es un, un ¿cómo se dice? Un ghost, un, un fantasma, no es un boo. Muchos creen eso. No, 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 no es, no es, eh, eh, a unos les gustan los vistas que los, que los asustan. Y, y creen que va a ser eso que, que va a entrar. No es tan uh, obvious. ¿Cómo se dice obvious, brother? ¿Obvio? No es tan obvio. A veces es algo que, como el, 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 how do you say cancer? Cáncer. Cáncer. Como el cáncer. Que viene despacio, despacio y te, y te, te mueres. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we are expecting like an instant change, instant death, instant something with some of these actions. And sometimes it's a slow change, a slow death, a slow progression. But it all starts with doubting. And, and, and this is why when Jesus came, it was so important that he, he was teaching about faith and belief and, and, and understanding. And he gave credit always to God. He gave credit to God always because humanity starting to lose his connection to God. You see, humanity, when Jesus came, this is why Jesus came, was losing its connection to God. See, it's not that, that there wasn't people in churches praying to God, but they weren't identifying with God and with God's perfect plan. Humanity was starting to distance itself and using God as a reason to distance itself from others. And I think it's important, brothers and sisters, for us to understand where this started from uh, as far as the disconnect, and we could say corruption. Ephesians says here, Efesios 5, 11, dice, si leemos, I have it here in English, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So, Again, Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So I, I, I think that we sometimes, we don't take part in it, but we don't expose them around us. I mean, how many would, uh, of us would agree that some of us, we struggle with uh, exposing some of the things that are evil around us, some of the things that could cause danger around us. You know, it, it becomes one of those deals where we, kind of like I was saying before, we start to acclimate ourselves with things that are around us. It could be simple things that begin to grow until they overtake and you cannot get it under control. And I think a lot of the times, brothers and sisters, it's important, and it says here in Spanish, it says, y no comuniques con las obras infructuosas de las tinieblas, sino antes bien redarguidalas. Redar <laughs> And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now, now this is where it's really important to understand It says unfruitful works of darkness. So that, there's a term there that's being used here that we, we must emphasize on. Dice aquí en inglés dice unfruitful. I don't know how it says in Spanish again. Can you put it back up there, brother? For the Spanish. Infructuosas. Infructuosas. 
So if we are dealing with something that doesn't give fruit, that's an easy way of identifying something that's not benefiting God. That's pretty an easy way. If you're struggling seeing, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not discerning things, you know, then we must look to what's giving fruit. Si estás sufriendo, hermanos, entendiendo lo que aquí, Pablo, en Efesios, puedes, puedes uh, dar ejemplo en cosas que no están dando fruto. Si hay cosas que no están dando fruto, uh, hay, hay, hay un, un no chanza, hay, uh, hay, hay algo que puede estar ahí que puede traer el pecado. Estamos leyendo ahorita que nosotros necesitamos estar siempre velando. We need to be vigilant in looking for these things and identifying them. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like uh, we have a filter system that we come here to church and we purify this filter system and we've got to come here and learn more about how to amplify the quality of our living through this filter system, the spiritual filter system. And when we come here, we clean this filter. We come to church and we clean this filter. We clean this filter so when we go back out outside of here where it's able to catch things that don't enter into our heart. Hermanos, muchas veces no venimos aquí con el intento de limpiar lo que Dios nos ha dado que es conciencia, lo que Dios nos ha dado en nuestras vidas que podemos haber cosas que pueden dañar nuestras vidas. Y cuando, cuando éramos jóvenes no era tan importante porque el, el, el querer era de vivir tu vida. Vive tu vida. Todavía eres joven. Pero el problema es, es que estábamos gastando tiempo en crecer para tener, para, uh, 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 how, how do you say, uh, to enjoy life. We were, we were wasting our lives uh, when we were young thinking that Hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to live my life. You know, I'm young. I can do these things. And this is the way society is, treats and, and, and teaches you this. And it's difficult, brothers and sisters, because a lot of the times we don't get out of these habits and we don't ground ourselves and we don't say, okay, enough's enough. I'm tired living this way. And this is where Paul's talking here that if you are still struggling with things, And you could, have, you, could, you could be coming to church. You could be serving God. You could be, um, you know, you, you could have thought you've given your heart to God, but there's still something you're struggling with holding on to that's hurting you, that causes you the sadness, that causes you, that causes you this pain. You know, I know a lot of people that says that they believe in God. There's a lot of people that they They even say there is a God. It's not even a situation like we see David saying that people were saying that there wasn't a God. But with their actions, they deny him. And we, you know, the, the word of God says that we need to be the salt of the earth, the light of the earth. And you see, we can't be in a situation when God is speaking to us clearly And God is correcting us clearly. And God is showing us clearly what we need to do. We cannot be these waves of back and forth. Used to seeing this in society. And there's no foundation that somebody can find and, and stabilize themselves on. 
Es importante hermanos que el mundo está buscando ejemplo de, de alguien que está establecido en un fundamento que no se mueve. Estamos en unos tiempos hermanos donde cosas están cambiando de maneras que no puedes entender. No, no lo estás leyendo en las noticias del Burnet Gazette. No estás viendo en la televisión que nomás te quieren enseñar lo que ellos quieren enseñarte, pero cosas están cambiando en el mundo como nunca has esperado. You know, we expect to learn our news just from things that, you know, opening up a local newspaper. There's things happening in this world that have never happened before. That are pushing God away even further. And it's scary times. You know, I used to always think, well, my, my, my father used to probably tell, you know, when I was a child, say, man, things weren't like this when I was a kid. And now what chance do grandkids have if we're not lighting, guiding them and not showing them and not ourselves learning on what's not corrupt? If we turn to Jeremiah 33, 2. Así ha dicho Jehová que la hizo. Jehová que la formó para afirmarla. Jehová es su nombre. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Verse 3. Clama a mí y te responderé, y te enseñaré cosas grandes y dificultosas que tú no sabes. Call unto me, I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, brothers and sisters, what the Word of God is saying here, you know, it, it, we got to identify, first of all, who's going to teach us these things. You know, because if we just read this verse, we don't read that we got to call unto who? It says, call unto the Lord. Because it says right here, it says, call unto me. Who's me? If we go back a verse, we see who it is. The Lord, the maker, the creator. Muchas veces, hermanos, leemos un versículo, pero si vamos nomás una antes, tiene la solución. Sometimes we miss it because we're reading one verse and not just going back one and missing what the key was, the key to open that. And we see here that he says that if we call to him, that he'll respond to us and he'll teach us things. He'll teach us things, things that you would have never known. You see, you, you, you might be, I, I, don't know, I don't know everybody's life here. I know a lot of testimonies here, but I don't know everybody's life here. But you might think that you're in a situation where you're, you're okay, you know enough. You know, this is where pride starts to overtake reality. That's what I like to call it. This is where somebody's pride puts them in positions that realities they're not in. You know, we get so, you know, our pride makes us feel like we're like this, right? We're so strong. But the reality is our bank account, when we look at it, we're like barely, nobody wants to hear that one, right? I've been there. See, this is my situation. 
we feel so confident in things, but yet there's not a lot going on there. But when we start to trust in God, when we start to believe in God and his word, and he starts to show us things. And I remember when pastor used to talk about a dollar. And if you ask for God wisdom, he could allow you to survive with one dollar a day. Right? And then the, the McDonald's changed to the dollar menu. Everybody got excited. But it was the truth. Because our God is a God of wisdom. Our God is a God that will show and give and allow us to see things and experience things. But see, if we're not asking him, if we're not clearly asking him, then he's not responding to us. Now, asking him is not just asking him by his name, though that has power and it can move mountains. It takes more than that to acknowledge, to get God to acknowledge our circumstances. If not, everybody would just do it, right? Everybody would... Just start, oh man, that's easy, let me just do it. But something persuades God into moving. Obedience. Because obedience requires you to believe into something so much that you do it. You stop doing something. Because I believe so much in what God is saying here and he's going to do something that I'm I stopped doing it because I want God to respond to me. This is the difficult part, right? Is this little, you see that little step right there? It seems so close, doesn't it? But for some of us, we want to just stay right here and say, nah, God will do it. It will reach me. I know God can move it to me. And this is where the problem, the disconnect happens. So we see here, if we turn to Galatians 6, 8. Porque el que siembra para su carne, de la carne segará corrupción. Mas el que siembra para el espíritu, del espíritu segará vida eterna. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You see, I want to talk a little bit about what I started with, which is being acclimated. Acclimated is changing to your environment. Acclimated means that I've been here in in a place so long that now I feel everything that was in this place before me. Sometimes we have this happening. You know, sometimes we start to accept things. We start to approve of things. We start to see things just because it's what's around us. It's difficult. We see examples of it in the Bible. But we see also examples of faithful people. You can see Joseph not acclimating. You can see Lot not acclimating. The Word of God says that these times are going to happen, and they're happening. And corruption is growing. 
and sin is growing. Hermano, cosas están cambiando. Como dice la Biblia, los últimos días va a ser como Domingo Mora. ¿Y qué eran esos días, hermanos? If we turn here to Genesis 6:11. Si voltamos para Genesis 6, 11, hermanos. Genesis 6, 11. They might have not have got some of the verses that I sent them. Genesis 6:11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So, brothers and sisters, we're still in the book of Genesis. Just to give you a time reference here, we're still in the book of Genesis, and God's tired with humanity already. We're still, we're, we're still at the very beginning. We haven't even got out of Egypt yet or escaped Egypt yet. We're still in Genesis, and God's tired with how humans are acting. And these were dark times. The times where people were not obeying God, the Word of God doing whatever they wanted to do. And we see times like this happening now. We see the corruption in society. We see people not considering humanity, considering their own purpose. Podemos ver ahora, hermanos, que mucha gente no tan considerando a la humanidad, humanity, humanidad, pero están para lo que puedan avanzar sus vidas, lo que ellos pueden ganar. Y está triste, hermanos, porque es una cosa que es bien fácil para tener sed en eso, para tener hambre en eso. Es algo que todo el mundo está advisitando, advertising, anunciando. Y mucha gente está comprando de eso, creyendo eso. We live in a society, brothers and sisters, where it's even taught to younger people, you know, to get yours while you can. Make sure you get this, do this. You know, this is the way you can do it. If you do this, you can start your this, this and that. And we're, 
and everything is wanting to become easier. I could do this if I do this, and I get this many likes, or if I do this, and I post this, and I do this, and I do that. Oh, it'd be different if I wouldn't have done this. And our mind is thirsting for things that aren't pleasing God. How do we take control of this? Because we see here so early, so early. I mean, we're in chapter 6. If we go here to chapter 1, we see here God creating man in his image. We're just a few chapters before. And God said, let us create man in, in my image. And yet here we're reading that God was tired and told Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. And we know the story of him destroying it with the floods. Because of how corrupt people were. How people didn't want to accept Jesus. Accept God. In their hearts, they made it hard. Pastor talks about it, you know. At these times where people don't want to hear the word of God. Don't bother me. Don't bother me with what's right. Don't bother me. I feel comfortable right now doing it the way I'm doing it. Don't bother me right now. You're bothering me, Noah, by you building this big boat here and saying that God's going to destroy this earth. Well, I just, you know, we're, we'd rather party and get married and do things just to enjoy ourselves. And we see God's wrath, God's conviction bothered him that people had forgotten about him. We keep on reading here. We see how Noah followed the orders, the commandments of God, the specks on the boat. And God, yet through his wrath, still was merciful. The door was open at one time on that boat. That boat was open. It's not like Noah built it and said, no, you can't come in. But society didn't want to hear about a flood coming when they were in the desert. Floods don't normally happen. Rain doesn't normally happen in the desert. That's why they call it the desert. They didn't want to hear that God was angry with how humanity was living. They'd rather continue doing what they were doing. And so God sends this flood. And there was more animals on that boat when the door was open for anyone. This is where corruption, this is where it got humanity so distanced from God that they didn't want to see. And this thing was amazing. The size of this boat was amazing just for a man and his family to build this. It was a feat alone in itself. People mocked him, 
criticized him, thought he was out of his mind. But God brought all the resources that he needed. And as he built this boat, nobody was getting on. Except the animals listened. We live in a, in a time, brothers and sisters, and the Word of God says, it refers to our minds being beastly. La palabra de Dios dice, hermano, que nuestras mentes en el mundo son como bestias. Pero que se haceré entender. And I see here, could you imagine, I mean, you guys have been to a circus, you guys have been to a zoo, if an animal don't want to listen to you, he ain't going to listen to you, right? You ever try to tell a cat to do something? You can't tell a cat to do something. That's why there's a term that they use, it's like herding cats. We try to set up a meeting with a bunch of people. It's like telling a bunch of cats, come on, this way. Cats are going anywhere they want to go. But yet, God showed us something in this. These animals, two by two, entered. Because the obedience of God, the authority of God, is what God wanted to show us in this. And brothers and sisters, we're living in a time, an age where opinions, people's opinions, everybody's got an opinion. You know somebody with an opinion? Estamos viviendo en un día, hermanos, todos tienen opiniones. Déjeme dijiste mi opinión en esto. No voy a hablar de mi opinión en esto. Let me tell you my opinion on this. This is what I think about this. This is what I think about the wall. This is what I think about this. Everybody's got an opinion, huh? Everybody's an expert, aren't they? There's a reality to one thing. We can't be influenced by the opinions of what we see or watch or hear. But we must be influenced by the opinion of God in our hearts. His mercy, his grace, his love must outweigh any of our opinions. Or corruption comes in. Es importante, hermanos, cuando estamos balanceando nuestra opinión que siempre ponemos a Dios. Porque Dios siempre nos va a guiar para algo que es mejor de nuestra opinión. We see this moment right here where people were being told, people were being announced. Could you imagine this thing, this ark being built, this massive ark being built? And people were being told, and, 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 you know, and there's been a lot of examples, and you can imagine it raining and all this stuff. And eventually that door shut. And are we being told? Are we being warned? Are we seeing? Are we seeing? what's changing are we seeing what's happening 
in life right now? Are we just, or are we just acclimating ourselves to it? Are we just accepting it? Are we just saying, well, you know what? It's just things change. Society changes. Because the Word of God talks about these times of change. If we turn to 2 Peter 2, 2 Peter 2, 4, Porque si Dios no perdonó a los ángeles que habían pecado, sino que habiéndolos despeñado, despeñado en el infierno con cadenas de oscuridad, los entregó para ser reservados al juicio. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Verse 5. Y si no perdonó al mundo viejo, mas guardó a Noé, pregonero de justicia, con otras siete personas, trayendo el diluvio sobre el mundo del malvados. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Y si condenó por destrucción las ciudades de Somora, o so, Sodoma y, y de Gomorra, tornándolas en, sens, en sens, ceniza y poniéndolos, pon, poniéndolas por ejemplo a los que habían de vivir sin temor y rever, reverencia de Dios. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Y libró al justo Lot, Lot, acosado por la nefanda conducta de los malvados. And delivered just Lot, vexed with his filthy conversation of the wicked. Now, brothers and sisters, this is what's really important. Because, see, Lot was in Las Vegas. Lot was probably in a worship place in Vegas. But I'm telling you one thing, brothers and sisters. It's nasty. That's a term that everybody always looks for me to say, but it's nasty, that place. It is. You take taxi cabs and you see billboards driving right by you of promoting things. There's people passing out prostitution on the streets. There's young girls getting addicted to drugs. I mean, 
I would sleep with one eye open. I wasn't, I wasn't even near a lot of the really, really bad stuff, but I sleep with one eye open because I was thinking that an earthquake was just going to swallow me up. But there's beautiful people there driving. Hi, how you doing? Where you from? Oh, you're from Texas? Oh, that's great. Da, da, da. Acclimated. Acclimated feeling. Oh, how long have you been here? 15 years I've lived here. I'm from Brazil. I'm from all these people we met driving us around. They're just not knowing. See, that's a, that state is, it's, uh, it approved marijuana. So I'm walking one day, flicks a joint at my feet. He's getting in the elevator, he just flicked it. Oh, hi, how you doing? Vehicles, vehicles, buses, all full of smoke that you can get on a taxi cab. And while you go to your ride, or you go to your, you go to your ride, that's what I wanted to say. While you go to your place, you take a trip. Oh, and people, oh, young people, oh, man, young people, all oh, coming in, leaving. Times evil. These times that we're living in are evil. It's just an example. We look around the world. Sex trafficking. We look around the world. Where they did, and, I, and I've shared this with you guys before. They did a study that Utah, that they looked at the internet of Utah, and there was more child pornography being seen in Utah than normal stuff did percentages sports news child pornography the highest viewed thing in utah so it's becoming normal everybody has a voice everybody's it's normal this is a normal situation it's normal to do these things to be this way is something that's normal. Accept it. You accept it. You don't have love in your heart. Accept it. These are the times that we see here, Peter talking about, that Lot would hide in his house, going out for simple things. And we remember, if we remember the story of Lot, you know, this is an amazing story. Him and Abraham, right? <laughs> they were... They were, they were a big, they had a big following. And they couldn't follow each other because one would either eat all the grass that was in front of them for their animals, and the other one wouldn't be left with anything, so they decided to split, right? And remember this, corruption, you know, starts with an intent of not considering someone. And we see here that Abraham told Lot, what do you want? And it says, Lot looked at the land toward Sodom and Gomorrah and saw that it was greener. 
And, and you see, things could have been different for Lot maybe if he would have said, you know what, Abraham, out of respect to you, I'll let you pick. I see this grass is greener. Maybe you should take it. But corruption will always bring you into the snares of something. Oh, how can I take advantage of this? Oh, I'm going to take advantage of this situation right here. We find ourselves like a bird being caught in a snare. So Lot chooses Sodom and Gomorrah. And we keep on reading here. Peter. Porque esto con ver y oír morando entre ellos afligía cada día su alma justa con los hechos de aquellos injustos. For the righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed. Now let's understand what the term vexed means. Do you know what vexed means? Vexed means that you're so thirsty that you're dying. I'm vexed. You're not quenched. The opposite. So, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. What is around you that's vexing you? What is in your life that's vexing you? ¿Qué está en tu vida, hermanos, que te está, como dice la palabra, afligia? Afligia? ¿Es afligia? Afligia? ¿Es that it? Afligia. Afligiendo. Afligiendo, amén. ¿Qué en tu vida ahorita te está afligiendo? ¿Qué tienes en tu vida ahorita? ¿Qué es? Me recuerdo el testimonio del pastor que tenía un trabajo que lo estaba afligiendo. Porque el trabajo lo dijera que mentira. Que, que, que podía decir mentiras al, al, a los mexicanos. No, nomás diles eso. Estarán bien. ¿Cuántos de nosotros podemos reconocer? How many of us can recognize what is vexing our lives? Some of us will want to blame it on just labor type of work, but that's not it. The Word of God talks about having to work. What is it that's vexing you? What is it that's hurting you spiritually? What is around you? you've grown accustomed to has become the normal for you but now that something else doesn't want that here you feel this battle this is what church is in your life sometimes people come to church and they love it and you know and it says return to your first love and people fall in love with God until God starts revealing the things that aren't right in your life and then it's like wait a second here God I really liked the conversations we were having and the things you were fixing inside of me. I really liked it when it wasn't personal, but now it's personal. 
You've made it personal, God. Because you remember what we read where he says that I am going to show you things. You see, and God will show us things in our lives. And God makes it personal. But we don't want it personal. We want it easy. We want that first love where it's just answer my prayers. I want the ATM that I can just go up to it and continue taking out. Oh, prayer here. Oh, prayer here. Oh, prayer here. Oh, God, you're so good, God. Prayer here. But we don't want the deposit. And we see here Lot afflicted, vexed of the sin around him corruption around him and the decision that he made cost him his wife cost him his family keep on reading here sabe el señor librar de tentación a los pios y reservar a los injustos para ser atormentados en el día de juicio. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. So listen, brothers and sisters, though we live in Sodom and Gomorrah times, though we live in these times, and though it's around you and you see it and you see commercials changing, you see the, the TV shows changing, you see movies changing, you see influence, you see the school system changing, you see everything changing. Now the school wants to teach your children about things. You see the family system changing. family system has changed to not value a life. To not even value marriage. Or appreciate what that bond was that God created. But we see a corrupt it was, but we know that God gives us an exit. Me gusta como dice aquí que Dios tiene éxito para el justo de la tentación. Pero es importante, hermanos, venir aquí reconociendo quién es Dios, como aclamar a Él. No es algo difícil. Yo siempre di, lo dije a los jóvenes. A veces nomás es comenzar a hablar con él. Nosotros creemos que es algo que oh, necesito saber todo, entender todo. Y... No. Hemos oído testimonios. Nomás es diciéndole Dios, si este loco que está hablando aquí. No diga pelón. No digan eso. Me ofenden. Pero lo que está diciendo Dios es cierto. Nomás comenzar 
en hablar con Él. Y vas a ver cosas cambiar en tu vida. You know, brothers and sisters, it's not a coincidence that God brings us to places that we see things in our lives, that we experience things. It's not a coincidence. It's not luck. It's not faith. It's the purpose that God has set in our lives. It's already established. Keep on reading here. Verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Sabemos, hermanos, que el Señor tiene todo en sus manos. El plan de Dios. Cuando comenzó en Génesis con Adán y Eva, 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 right? Cuando comenzó ahí, estaba bien bonito cuando Dios estaba en sus presencias, hablando con ellos, enseñando las cosas. Pero el momento que Dios se fue de su presencia de ellos, entró el serpiente. See, you learn a lot. You learn a lot by just examining things. So everything was in court. We don't know how long it was. We don't know time frames. You know, we don't know all this, but God was with them, showing them uh, the garden explaining to them everything that they had authority over. We, we, we studied this. Uh, Adam, uh, Adam uh, was there at the very beginning seeing things um, after they had just been, after everything had settled itself. Um, but they were there with God in God's presence. And if you notice when they were there with God in God's presence, the serpent wasn't there. But as soon as God wasn't in their presence, the serpent showed up. So we say here, well, how can we make sure that the serpent doesn't show up in our lives? It's by having God in our presence. How do you have God in your presence? It's by pushing away corrupt things. You see, there's intent that will come into your heart to try to convince you, but if you bring God's presence into that intent, then it departs. You see, and, and, and this is where God says, I will show you new things, because, see, we see it. We see the temptation that's coming that God gives us an escape from. You know, it's a blessing when you, you see people and they're texting and they're saying, you know, just pray for me right now. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm going through something. Some of us won't do that anymore. Why? Because we're too deep into something already. And guess what? When we won't do it, we won't, we won't call out for prayer. We won't call out for unity in something. Then the serpent shows up. 
And guess what? The serpent sometimes brings us, and we're all bitten here so many times that we don't raise our hands because we're ashamed of all the snake bites we got. Some of us are carrying the big python on us. But the moment you humble yourself before God and the moment you say, God, you know more than me. God, you are more than me, God. You are the creator, God. I am the creation, Father. Then we start to see something happening in us. Then we start to see a strength, a peace come over us. We all have a story. We all have something that we've been through. Stop allowing that to handicap you. Oh, if I was in your situation, or if I would have went through what you went through, then it's easier for that. Oh, if you know, I wouldn't have had these challenges in my life. God uses people with challenges. God shames the world with people that are weak. It's when you say you're weak that he makes you strong. It's when you think you're strong that he shows you you're weak. And I'm thankful for God's voice. His voice that brings you clarity in your life. Brings you strength, brings you understanding, changes things. If we turn to Matthew 26, 14. Matthew 26, 14. Then one of the twelve called Judas... Iskiart went unto the chief priest. So we all know the story of Judas, right? Judas is the one that turned in Jesus. And, and we think that, you know, Judas was, Judas was part of a plan. See, Jesus already called. He, was already, he already knew that there needed to be a Judas. So everybody right here said, ah, oh, we're going to talk about Judas. Right? Judas was part of a plan already. But what I found interesting here is that we start talking about how corruption starts to get put in someone's heart. And we see here that Judas saw an opportunity. Because Judas was the money guy. The accountant. Remember, Judas was the one that said, why, 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 why are you messing with that perfume? You use that stuff for, you know, for the poor. There's something about Judas that was in his heart, but we see here right out of the chute, right at the beginning, we start to read here that Judas went. And one of the 12 went unto the chief priest. He wasn't captured. He wasn't convinced. By someone else, he went on his own will. 
and said unto them, What will ye give me? Just know this. If your conversation starts with what you're going to gain, make sure that corruption is not anywhere within it. What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they commend, commended, commended, commended with him for 30 pieces of silver. They had an agreement with him for 30 pieces of silver. That's a pretty good amount of money. pretty good amount of money they had an agreement said look this is what we'll give you you do what you say you're doing i'm gonna give we'll give you 30 pieces of silver and for judas his thought his mind was set not only in seeing what the Lord had done, because he was there. This is towards the end. This is right around the corner from the crucifixion. He saw the miracles. He saw Lazarus. He saw the lame walk. People fed. And yet, it wasn't enough. Everything that Jesus had said, everything that Jesus had commented on, everything that Jesus, Jesus had promised, talked about the kingdom of God is likened unto all the parables, everything. It didn't matter. None of that mattered. None of it mattered. None of it mattered to Judas. Judas shows me a lot. Because we could be here we could be listening. We could be rejoicing. We could be excited with good news. We could be, and yet, we can have a heart of Judas. And you see, what's interesting is that though the Lord spoke of Judas before, he didn't stop him. The Lord knew who Judas was. He knew who was going to betray him with a kiss. But he didn't stop him because the prophecy had to be fulfilled. And see, brothers and sisters, the Word of God has prophesied the church. It has spoken of the church. You don't believe me? Just start reading about the churches and revelations on how they'll how they'll wax cold, how they'll return to its mother, fornication. We see here Judas, and it says here, verse sixteen. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So from right there, corruption was born into Judas. You see, Judas 
Judas knew that Jesus had people that were following him, but he also knew that he had people that hated him and despised him. And you see, when you have somebody in this world, then you see, okay, there's, there's this happening here, but if I want, this side has the money. It's not the poor. It's not the, this is the, the church. These are the Pharisees, scribes. Romans. This is this is where this is where the cash out could be. And for us, brothers and sisters, we must look in within ourselves and see what has been driving us, what has been motivating us, what has kept you together. And I tell you, we, as a church, we've grown, and some of you didn't experience some of the brimstone times where some of the things were just called out. I remember messages. I remember messages where it's like, are you just coming to church because you work with people from church? That's what's kept you in church. Corruption. The intent of self-gain. Are you changing? you accepting something? Are you motivated to move some things out of your life? You're thinking, well, what am I going to do? I need my job. Well, you have your job. God knows our hearts, and he knew Judas and the intent. The moment we start thinking of self-gain, Corruption begins to seed itself in our hearts. If we turn to Luke 12, 27, Luke 12, 27. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Oh, I'm sorry, 12, 27. What am I on? Oh, I'm on Mark. There it is. Thank you, brother. Considerar los liros como crecen, no labran, ni hilan, y os digo que ni Salomón con toda su gloria se vistió como uno de ellos. Consider the lilies, how they, have, how they, grow, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, brothers and sisters, what I like about this is that, you know, we see here, God, this is a message that Judas heard. This is the message that Judas heard. You see, sometimes we, we're over here and we're looking at the other side of the fence and we're saying, man, Solomon was decked out. He had gold. He was the richest man. Oh, man, he had it. 12-car garage. Oh, that's what I want. Ambitious. But see, not a story of Solomon, but God says that, look, if you consider the lilies of the field, the field that I provide, they have more than 
anything that Solomon ever had. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we miss the peace that comes with God. The peace that you cannot find in things. But God will give it to you. Because see, we see Solomon's thirst. Oh, he had, he still thirsts. And the struggle of Solomon, Esther mentioned it. Money doesn't fix problems. God fixing you fixes problems. More money, more problems. I tell you one thing, when God starts to bring peace in your life and give you peace, you start to look at things. You start to look at the lilies in the field. When you wake up with the intent of self-gain in Judas, is what you'll see in the mirror. You got to be careful that you acclimate your environment. You got to be careful with the negativity, the murmuring. Oh, if they only knew this, all oh, this and this and that. Because there comes Judas. But the moment that you keep silence, you say, God, show me something, show me something. Some of us like to pray with intent that God showed them something. I don't know how many of y'all pray that way. <laughs> I show them, just show them, God, that they're wrong. Show them. Show them, God. We see David saying, God, search me. Search me, Father, so I don't get lost in what my eye sees, but that I can see what I still lack, what I need, Jesus. Help me to see, Father. So we see here, keep on reading if we can. Y si así dice Dios a la hibera, hierba, 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 que hoy está en el campo y mañana es echada en el horno, cuanto más a vosotros hombres de poco, poco, poca fe. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today, in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? You see, what God's saying here is, first of all, he identifies it at the very end when he says your faith is small. Little faith means that you put yourself in trying to make the change. I'm going to do it. I'm going to come up with the plan. God wants me to be self-motivated, wants me to do, to do it. 
that's true in a lot of things, spiritually speaking. When we're talking about physically speaking and things that are happening here around us, things that happen in our lives, God wants you to trust in him, too, that he has a proper plan for you. And more than that, God wants you to reflect on what he's brought you from already. Because sometimes you'll just be blown away. Like, man, I, was, I remember ramen noodle nights. And if you're in a ramen noodle time of your life right now, just know it changes. I know Brother Anthony saying amen and hallelujah up there because he used to write me letters of all the recipes in prison that they had with that Cheetos, spicy Cheetos. Brother Manuel, right, brother? But the thing is, is to recognize God in all these things, amen? We keep on reading. Vosotros pues no procuréis que hayáis de comer o que hayáis de beber, ni estéis en ansiosa perplejida, perplejidad. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, Neither be ye doubtful-minded. So again, it says this, O ye of little faith, O doubtful-minded. So how many of us are struggling with little faith and being doubtfully-minded? Oh, come on now, brothers and sisters. You know what? You got, you got bill collectors calling you. You got people calling you. You don't know what to do. How are you going to pay for it? What are you going to do? What if something happens? Are you sat on these things? We're too much focused. On the physical. Because when you get into the spiritual side of things, God starts to take over, like he mentioned here, the lilies of the field. This is where your faith gets tested. This is where things get separated. This is where you're here one day, you're not here the other day. What happened? I don't know. They just... Decided to do something else. Something in our heart was not satisfied, was not quenched. And it says here, O ye of little faith and double mind, and doubtful mind. And we read last verse 30. Porque todas estas cosas buscan las gentes. Del mundo, que vuestro pa Padre sabe que necesitas estas cosas. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. So God doesn't say, I'm not going to give you these things. Because he recognizes that the world seeks these things, and it's, it's, there's a need to have some of these things. As 30 pieces of silver may not seem much to you today because of what the currency has changed, but it was a lot back then. So God knows the inflation of things. It still will supply your need. Supply your need. Supply your need. Supply your need. Trust in me. Supply your need. Trust in me. I'll supply your need. Trust in me. I'll supply your need. I'll supply your need. The thing is the trust part. Because it's easier for us to lack in our faith 
and doubt in our mind. But those two things separate us from walking with God. Because how can we say God is our God and we yet say, God, I doubt your word right here when you say, even though you take care of the birds of the air, the lilies in the field are arrayed more than Solomon, how can I say I trust in you, God, if I hear, I hear you, what you're saying, my heart's not there yet. Well, we need to fix our heart. Because God's word is not going to change. But our heart needs to change. Amen? Romans 12, 2. Y nos os conforméis a este siglo, mas reformaos por la renovación de vuestro entendimiento para que experimentéis cuál sea la buena voluntad Buena voluntad de Dios, agradable y perfecta. And be not conformed to the world. Conformed, acclimated. Do not be changed to this world. Do not change. Do not accept this world. What, what does that mean? Does that, that's, that When you don't accept something, it means it's not your place. You see, some of us are so rooted here, so grounded here, we've accepted this. We've accepted it. We're so emotionally attached to it, right? I'm from here. This is my place. That's the first thing we need to do is just release that. This isn't my place. This is temporary. God has called me for a greater place than this place. Accept. That's the first thing we've got to realize in our minds is that this is not our place. The moment you can bring peace to that, then you're not <laughs> you're not chasing, you're not going after. But the moment you think that this is your place, then guess what? Then you we know where your heart's at because your heart's in this place. And when you start to have an intent of another place, then our actions are to get there. But I like how it says here, if we read here in English, we can put the verse back up. Uh, and be not conformed to this world. So don't, don't be acclimated to this world. But be ye transformed. But change in this world. See, that's a hard thing. See, God didn't say it was going to be easy for you to want to be somewhere else in a place that you're at right now. But it says to transform yourself here. And how you transform yourself is by renewing your mind, by changing your mind, your thoughts. Oh, I was raised this way. This is the way I was. This is all I've ever known. These are the things. This is the way. This is the way I've been. This is what I'm going to pass on to my kids. Remember that one, huh? You guys remember that one? What have we passed on to our kids? What kind of pride? What kind of whatever it's been? What can we change in that? But it says here, by the renewing of your mind, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. So the renewing of your mind is not doubting. It's not doubting. I don't want to doubt. 
I don't want to doubt what's on my thoughts of what God's telling me here. You see, but when you start to doubt, then corruption comes. What did it say before? Lack of faith and a, doubt, and a doubtful mind. So this is where corruption comes. This is where corruption starts to come. And it'll corrupt you. And you'll start to accept it. Your heart starts to transform you into accepting it. And we can't accept things. We can't just allow the world to acclimate itself to us. We keep on reading here. That ye may prove. See, this is the key to it. So it says, do not be changed. Do not be acclimated to this world. But it says, but transform yourself in this world. How? By renewing your mind. That ye may prove. This is how you renew your mind. That ye may prove. See, God says to prove the spirits. To prove the fruits. That ye may prove what is good and acceptable. You see, now we got to go back to the beginning of this message where it says, call unto me and I will show you things. You see, the problem is, is that we're not calling to God and he's not showing us what's good and reasonable. Because we've stopped calling to God because we're a little ashamed because we've allowed so much, because we've Sodom and Gomorrah so much. Because we find ourselves in Sodom and Gomorrah so much. We find ourselves accepting things that everybody else is accepting. The smallest voice has the biggest sound. Because we stay quiet. God bless you. God bless you. I'm I'm an introvert, not an extrovert. And perfect will of God. So, don't be changed by this world, but change in this world by renewing your mind that you, what's going to help you change is knowing what's good and acceptable and perfect, which is the will of God. So, brothers and sisters, if we're struggling, identifying, accepting, changing the word of God, well, I don't know, I know, I know, I know, it, I know the word says this, I know, I know, I know, I know this, I know that. You can't be changed. You can't be changed. Hear what I'm saying. You can't be changed. Things around you can change, but the word of God says here, you don't change. The Word of God doesn't say it's not going to allow things around you to stop from changing. The world's going to change. It's got a plan already. I'm sorry. You can't change it how it ends. But you don't change. We keep on seeing things around us changing, and it's kind of changing us a little bit. I can't change. The moment I change, my kids change. Or even worse than this, I can't change because the moment my kids need to see the light again, 
They need to see the change in me. Come on. God is speaking to our hearts and the consistency of his people. Amazed at how easily we accept something that God condemns. And it's tough, brothers and sisters, it's tough. Baptism class last week we read about the woman at the well. What a perfect example of God's love. Because he didn't accept her sin. He accepted her in the conversation. And she said, she said, Why what are you doing talking to a, a woman from Samaria? What are you doing? It's not normal for a for a Jew to speak to someone from Samaria. And she said, Man, if you if you only knew who had asked you for water, could give you water that you would never thirst again. But yet, to keep it clean, to keep it normal, we just let's not say anything at all. Let's turn to Second Peter one four. Por las cuales no son dadas preciosas y grandísimas promesas para que por ellas vices hechos participantes de la naturaleza divina, habiendo huido de la corrupción que está en el mundo por concupiscencia. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Man, I just want to end it there. That's beautiful. I mean, Peter wrote it down pretty nice right there, right? That's all we would want to hear is, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. We want our promises to be exceedingly great. Exceedingly great. Uncho. A lot. To whom much is given, much is demanded. We don't like that part. It's like, man, because we're a society that's like, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me. The less I got to do, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. But God says right here, we keep on reading here. Whereby are giving to us exceedingly, exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So for us to partake here in our lives of this divine nature, we have got to be expecting something great. You see, this is the exciting part of the reward. It says right here, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, you see, some of us aren't expecting anything here. That's why we just come to church and it's like, um, you know, God's giving me stuff. But we, see, God can give us more stuff, more wisdom, more peace, 
more healing, more happiness. But see, we stopped this part. So this is the part we just, we, we, we like to hear it, but we're like, well, you know, I know it's going to mean doing more like Brother Gabe just said right now. I don't know if I'm cut out for that. I, I, I'm, I'm content. I'm happy. Happy. Don't push me so much, brother. Don't push me so much, brother. My faith, my faith keeps me stable. Don't push me so much, brother Gabe. Don't push me so much. I'm, I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Don't push me so much, Gabe. But you're surviving as the world is changing. And how you're surviving is not going to be how the world's coming. If we don't have this inside of us, and we see here it says that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, brothers and sisters, what turned Judas to turn in Jesus was the lust he had, the self-gain. See, Judas made himself righteous again when we said, why, 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 are, you, why are you allowing this person to put perfume on you? Can't, it would be better to sell this and, and give it to the poor. Judas didn't want you to see what was inside of him. So you'll hear these comments sometimes, and you'll see these type of actions not really letting you still see what's in the heart. The lust that's in the heart. See, don't mistake it only lust for a physical type of effect, but also the lust of the eyes of wanting that allows corruption to seed itself, fruit itself. So what is it? What is it? What is it that's kept you not experiencing the divine nature? What is the divine nature? What is it to experience heaven here? To experience God's peace here? I want God's peace here. I don't need it there. I need it here. When I'm there, I know what I'm going to have when I'm there. I'm not going to have what I'm having here around me. We have so many things that are pulling us away from God's path that we've got to experience it here. John 16:33. The musicians can pass on up. Estas cosas o es hablado para que en mí tengáis paz. En el mundo tendréis aflicción más confiar. Yo he vencido el mundo. Al mundo. These things have I spoken unto you. Man, Judas is right there. These things have I spoken unto you that in me might that in me ye might have peace. 
in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, brothers and sisters, if our intent is to come here for physical self-gain, You know, because there, as we saw last week, there's a lot of preaching about that. We're, we're, we're not saying that God cannot bless you in ways that you can't imagine. But the one thing that he can give you is peace. And for some of us, brothers and sisters, that's something that we need more than anything right now in our lives is peace. I don't think we know how valuable peace is. Some of us probably have experienced some horrible things in our lives. But the value of peace, of resting your head and knowing that God's got everything in your life in control, those that you love, everyone. You cannot put a price tag on that. So instead of us looking for self-gain, we've got to look at another self. We've got to look within ourselves and see what's holding us back. What is holding us back from receiving from God? What is holding us back from receiving from God right now? What is it? Can you identify it? Can you call it out? Can you say what it is? Is it your opinion? Because again, your opinion is not going to get you into heaven. My opinion is not going to get me into heaven. Our relationship with God, the facts that I have of the word in my life, he knows what I'm still working through, the challenges I have, and I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, brothers and sisters. I drank a lot of Pepsi when I was in Las Vegas. A lot of Pepsi. Every once in a while, I had a Coca-Cola. My wife right now is looking at me, and I know I'm going to hear for it. She didn't know this. And I'm paying for it. I feel very bloated. I remember talking to Philippe one time, and I was like, man, I feel like he goes, yeah, you drink, you drink, you drink like uh, uh, four... Coca-Cola's over there in Europe. Ah, oh, le panza. But on a serious note, we all are struggling with things. We all have come short. The Word of God says that we've all come short to the glory of God. But it doesn't mean we give up. It means we identify what we need from God ourselves to fix ourselves not the physical need the physical need is what we just want to jump into quickly don't we every one of us has a physical need i got a physical need too man when god can start fixing is from the inside out there's power in that there's power in that amen why don't we all stand up brothers and sisters you guys got a song Why don't we praise God for a little